theme song for the Kid Podcast after two long weeks. Ah. What's going on, Uncle Leon? Not too much, mate. How about yourself? You enjoying the new studio layout we've got going on here? Oh, mate, how is this? It's like it's a birthday party or something. I hope you birthday you people are um, background. Yeah, we can uh, we can thank uh, Uncle Jace for, <laughs> for telling us about this program. Probably could have saved um, a bit of time and effort and uh, and up the production values months ago. But hey, um, it's looking good, mate. Part of the, this is all part of the learning process, isn't it, mate? Yep. This was previously only available to our Patreon subscribers, and uh, now it's free. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, but it looks good, man. What, what's going on? It's, uh, it's, it's my birthday next weekend, but that's not what we're here to talk about and celebrate today. But what have you been doing? Oh, what have I been doing? A lot of a lot of videos. Been mm-hmm. doing a few shows here and there. What did you do on Tuesday? What did I do on Tuesday, Tondi? It's a very, very good question, mate. I think there was something that was potentially involving friend of the podcast, Todd Johnston, but he couldn't make it. <laughs> Yep, you, me, a couple of other boys, Crown, and uh, Crown Casino. We played some uh, songs. Room. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Nose beers. <laughs> there were no nose beers. Absolutely no nose beers. Not, not at uh, least coming from the band. But, there weren't know. even any beers. Yep. Someone got proposed. Now we played a gig for Melbourne Cup, and uh, it was a gig like any other. Nothing really to write home about or talk about. So we should probably move on from that. But uh, yeah, but you exactly. know what? I left there and went and got my. Uh, my 5150 back and my AC30 back and I'm yet to try them because it's been a very busy couple of days. So I mean, um, that was going to be my first question. How are the how are the amps now they've been repaired and serviced and well, you haven't heard them, but what did you get done to them? What needed to be done? Well, the 5150 when I bought it about a year and a half ago, uh, the presence knob wasn't on it. Like it had Oh man, I forgot to tell you. Uh is it worth showing you? Yeah, I'm going to I'll show you in a second. I'll got to go uh, get something to show you. The presence knob on this 5150, and it's a script one, so whenever that was, like early, mid-90s or something. Um, presence knob was gone, so I needed that replaced. I've actually used the amp quite a bit. Have you Have you played it? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. great. Sounds really Sounds good. Great. Sounds like a 5150. Um, and wherever the presence was set was completely fine. So I was still able to dial in a pretty reasonable tone and used it for a bunch of stuff, I think, last year. I don't know if I've used it much this year. But um, that's back. And then the AC30 was just sounding a bit weird and kind of needed a birthday because I bought that amp. I mean, like all my amps, they all come secondhand. But the AC30, I think I got in like 2010, really like reasonably cheap uh, and a bit broken. Had some, I put four new tubes in it, four new power tubes, and that seemed to make it okay. Used it for years. And then and it's a head, right? It's just the AC30 head. That's right. Just a custom classic too. And then one of the preamp tubes went. I got it working again, but yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't really sounding right. So it's been retubed. So that's cool. Um, he's done a couple of other little bits and pieces to the inside of it, um, of which it's written on the paper, but I can't remember off the top of my head, but it'd be fun to try it. To be honest, like I've been using the Chariotone a lot. So I kind of have that base covered now. Um, I don't know if I'll sell the head, this AC30 head, but... It's nice to have the options, I suppose. Man, I did this. So I'm just talk about myself for a minute. Um, right. work, we're here. I did a, uh, a couple of singles on the weekend and it was nice because, you know, I have all this stuff. You know, I have all this stuff. You can see it behind me. I'm always buying stuff. Not only that, I've got the means by which to play all the stuff conveniently with the amp selector and the pedals and the whatnot. And then I've got so many cabinets, but sometimes it's too hard, mate. It's You, you spend all this time and effort and you... You set it up and then you don't remember how it works. So it's the, it's like my rack. Yeah. And so currently um, it works. Not only does it work, I used like five different amps last week, if you can believe it. It's And it all, it just was fine. It was exactly as seamless and as easy as I'd always always had intended it to be. So happy you got days. got the Marshall cooking on a few recordings. Oh man. The Marshall I've used a bit in the last week on a couple of different tracks, a couple of different bands, and it's so good. And it's pretty much hasn't changed. The settings have been the same. Um, when it's when you want more gain, you flick the Jake switch. Uh, so to do a solo, maybe flick the Jake switch. And then otherwise, it's just been in the um, the other setting and then maybe roll the volume back on the guitar for a bit. It's been really, really good, man. So um, yeah, that's pretty much what's happening in, um, in Troyland. So, oh, and let, just before I forget... Uh, I did something real dumb the other day, mate, and I'll just, I'm going to go, I'm going to get it and I'll do it live on air. Tell just me to all show about you. it. So just give me two seconds. All right. 
And here we go, the magic of television. Troy has walked off the stage. And, you know, now because we've got a brand new way of doing this, you can all see my not-so-wonderful face right up here. Sipping a bit of rooibos tea. I should save this part of what we're talking about for when Troy comes back. But uh, I will remind everybody, tell your mates about the podcast. If there's topics you'd like to see us discuss in in the future, well, Troy's plugging himself back in. Uh, we appreciate it. And you can follow The Gear Podcast on Instagram as well. We are at The Gear Podcast. And Troy, that was an amazing segue, mate. I got the little oh. advertisers. <laughs> Look at this. Did you? What have you got for us, mate? Mate, okay. I'm going to show you something. And you might have already seen the unit, so surprise will be ruined. But let me tell you. Do you, do you recognize this? Hang on. Let's, let's get a nice little close-up on that, mate. So, oh, I recognize that all right. Do you? Do you, I certainly do. What's that from? <sighs> what bit from of, a rack unit, right? Correct. Maybe from a little effecty kind of unit. Yep, sounds pretty good. Maybe an effectron. Oh, mate. Do you mean like this effectron? Yes. With the knobs completely snapped off. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> let's yep. let's, uh, so let's take a look at that one. There's supposed shall we? to be one there. There's supposed to be one there. And, um, you know, I had it on the floor a couple of days ago and, um, I was in a bit of a hurry moving stuff around. So I stepped on, on the thing completely snapped off two knobs. So that's cool. Um, I paid 50 bucks for this thing like 13 years ago and I've probably used it four times. So it's not the end of the world, but, um, that these effectrons, you did a whole video about them, didn't you? I did a video with that very one you're holding in your hands right there, mate. The Delta Lab Effectron. Delta Lab Effectron or Effectron Delta Lab? I can never remember. Delta Lab is the brand. Effectron is the unit. And I believe there's an Effectron 1 and an Effectron 2. Yeah. And I believe the Delta Lab comes from the fact that it's using adaptive Delta modulation to sample the delays in there. So uh, the cheapest one I can see online at the moment is $250, mate. So, you know. (laughs) Down the drain. You multiply your money by five on there. It is a, it is a classic one. It's really, really good. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Strymon Dig, the ADM mode is, I think a lot of people think it's based on a 2290, but I'm pretty sure it's based on that Effectron because there's a video or there's a photo on you know the Dig development thing where you can mm-hmm. see a rack and there's definitely an Effectron in there and there's definitely a Roland SDE as well. Who's so I'm pretty the, sure they're the modes. There's a nerdy pedal company that... The guy loves them as well. Like I think you sent me an article about it. Catalan bread. Catalan bread. Yeah. And yeah. There's like, an, he's got lots of great articles about just kind of funky old stuff, whether it's old MXRs or EHX stuff. And then there's some kind of <laughs> hidden gems like that. Uh, they yeah. do the Bell Epoch Deluxe, like the kind of tape delay style thing that I think a lot of people love. I'm pretty sure Eric Johnson uses them. So mm-hmm. when that happened, everybody lost their mind. Yep. I was like, oh my God, we need to check one of these things out. I've never tried any of their stuff. I feel like they were they may be in the company where the founder passed away not too long ago. All right. I, I forget the it was um it was very unexpected, um, whatever it was. And yeah, the company's still continuing on. So uh yeah, that's not such a nice note, but it's nice that they're if this is who I'm thinking of as well, you know, the gear podcast, always well researched. <laughs> uh have you you know, it's man, November's been I had a mental end of last month prepping videos for this month. There were so many new things coming out. Uh, anything that has caught your eye in particular in terms of like new amps, pedals, thingamajigs? In uh, a couple of things have come out. There's a the, there's one software thing that I like the look of that I'll demo and there's one hardware thing that I like. So we might as well oh, talk about us. the hardware thing because that's the amp related. Kind of like the look of that new Two Notes Opus. I think that's a really cool idea. I still haven't watched any of the videos. I've just seen some pictures of it. And it's like, ah, it's the FM zero idea. Yeah, like, pretty much, man. You it's, know, it has basically nothing on it, but make it really powerful. It's um because I had the Cab M, which was really great. I just didn't really need to use it. So I sold it. Oh, well, I traded it for that um, SV Cab, or what is it called? The Studio 2x12 Marshall cabinet thing. Yes, yes, yes. That plus yeah. a bit of cash. But form factor was really good. It was built really well. Um yeah, so this thing being that with a little bit more amp sim in it, I could sort of find a use for that, I think. I'm always trying now to find something. 
Sorry. They added some amp sims in a firmware update to the cab M. Hey, it was originally just an IR loader and power amp sim, but they uh, added like a few basic clean. There was always one like clean pre- uh, preamp sort of thing in there. Um, just, just like a pedal platform sort of thing, which I guess that's what, still what this is. But now you've got your Fendery thing and your Vox thing and your Marshall thing and maybe one other. What's the other thing that's in there? Oh, there's like a 5150 type of thing. So yep. you can sort of just run it for, you know, the, the gamut of of gain. Yeah, yeah. So, I saw uh, there's a Pete Thorne video and a Michael Nielsen video I've got saved to watch. So I figure between those two, I'll actually figure out how it works. Yeah, I think I watched uh, Michael Nielsen's one. It was really good. Um, but yeah, you know, it's Official good. It's, friend of the podcast, Michael Nielsen. That's right. It's uh, not too expensive. I think I want to say it's around 500 Australian, give or take a little bit. Really? So maybe maybe 600, but... Um, That's awesome. There's been a couple of things. Like we, we spoke about the um, the Friedman thing the other week. So that was pretty... IRX. Yeah. IRX. And um, this is different because obviously it's all digital, but for, for the space that it can fill in your little rig, I think it would be quite valuable. I was thinking about even... Um, I'm always trying to think of solutions for when I track bands. I say live in the studio, but just go, putting a guide track down, right? Yeah. And I did it uh, the last few weeks where... You know, drummer's there on headphones and then the rest of the band is surrounding on headphones and everyone's got their own little mixer. There's not really space to put a lot of guitar amps in the... Hey, there's not a lot of space to put the guitar amps um, in the room without there being lots of spill. There's one little yeah, airlock. Right. So I end up DIing guitars and bass and putting plugins on it and that's fine. But sometimes people do use... Their pedal boards for certain gain things, they can be a bit hit and miss in front of the plugins. If there's a, a platform that is good and usable and capable, like the Opus or the Friedman or whatever, I think that's not a terrible thing to have a, one or two of them just hanging around for that case. Um, yeah, actually, that's a pretty good point where, you know, I know you mentioned you're building a pedal board for somebody where they've got a bunch of different boosts and drive pedals on there and, you know, doing it on the board versus having your amp or your amp sim. It's a it's a good it's a good example that not everybody approaches getting a guitar sound the same way. Yeah, I mean, you and I are just fundamentally the sound is the amp. If you want a different sound, get a different amp. Um, whether it, yeah, whether exactly. that's um, through uh, you know using a different actual physical amp or doing a different uh, patch in a modeler. But yeah, man, I mean, not everyone does that. Um, some people love love pedals for some reason. No, not for some reason. Pedals are cool. Um, <laughs> and I, I have speaking of pedal board, I'm building a pedal board for somebody. And um, I've got a, I've got a significant collection of bougie guitar pedals um, just sitting awesome. in the studio, and I, pl- I played with them some the other day, and they sound good. Um, I'm not. Got a, is one of the Matthias Ten? Uh, no. What's the Matthias Ten? The Tube Screamer. Oh, not Matthias. Oh, <laughs> not Matthias Ten. That'll be that'll be. I was like, yeah, who's Matthias? Like, which Matthias? Yeah. No. So I've got um, the, uh, Nordvang. I think is a thing. Right, that's yep. Yeah. So that's um I believe it's got it's got three buttons on it. So I think one's a blues breaker, one's a clon, and one's a tube screamer. The tube screamer might be a TS ten, maybe not a TS9. That's what know. yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. It's um I think it's supposed to be the John Mayer special sort of thing, or in that maybe they do one that's supposed to sound like John Mayer and this is a similar pedal. But that was pretty cool. Um I've also got a protein, brown audio protein. That's pretty cool. I've heard they're awesome. That is that a uh what's the thing called? I've demoed one, and it's Nobles, one of the few drive pedals I've tried. Nobles ODS? Yes, there's a Nobles. I actually still haven't tried a Nobles in here. The I think it's that and something it's like else. like a channel strip thing. Yeah, one side's a Nobles. One is the... Oh, man, I why can't I remember breaker. this? Right. I think it's a Blues uh, Breaker, look. but maybe it's not. Maybe it's something different. But that was cool. Um, and then the other one is a Thor- Thorpey the Duke. Um, oh, yeah. Or the, no, the Dane. The Dane. That's yeah, the Dane, the, not the Duke. The, I'm, the, yeah. I'm thinking about Yonlan Day again. Uh, the exactly. Dane, yeah, it's the guy from that show, the YouTube thing. What's his name? Anderson's yeah, Danish that, Pete. Danish That's Pete. His signature pickle, right? Yep, it's, it's fine. All they're all fine. They're all completely fine. They're all completely usable the things. Broadcast. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, uh, the Neve Channel strip. That's the that's supposed to be the Neve yeah, Channel yeah. strip one. Yeah, nice. that is. I borrowed one of those recently. It's that's actually a sick boost pedal. I really, really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's rude. Like, there's so much. It's one of those things where it's something for pushing a gain stage. Right. And, uh, yeah, I really like the way it worked. And it, 
I, it was one of those things where I try a lot of drive pedals. Mm-hmm. I think I'm probably going to retire from demoing drive pedals after this year. There's just <laughs> too many of them. Uh, and I know what I like and what I don't like, but that was one that really, really surprised me. But yeah, I think well, maybe one side of the protein is that. It could be. Yeah. I mean, the, what do you, what do you listen for with a drive pedal? Because uh, I don't, I don't know what you like. I can probably <laughs> tell you what I like, but you, what do you like? Yeah. So for me, most of the time it's like, what does it sound like when you push a Marshall? Mm-hmm. That's the only thing in life that matters. Uh, and I get that obviously lots of people use non-martial amps and kind of driving them is a different thing. But for what I say, for example, with the Hudson, what I liked about it was you can, you've kind of got that flat gain thing. Mm-hmm. So you can turn it up and it's kind of like turning up the amp gain. But yep. when you back off the volume control, the if you set the amp to the same point on the gain control and then back off the volume control, it's not the same as backing off yep. the volume on the gain. So you can sort of like set the amp gain, especially on a Marshall, a bit lower so the bright cap is going to have more of a say, when, you, especially when you roll your volume control down. Right. Like, you know, that's that's more of a thing. You have a bit more of that jangle. And then you almost have this more like linear behavior between guitar volume control and pedal. Mm-hmm. So you set the amp slightly cleaner, use the pedal almost like turning up the amp gain control but then when you turn down your volume control it's not the same so that's one thing yeah uh, one very convoluted thing it's the old hendrix fuzz thing or the treble booster thing people would do mm-hmm. so i like that uh and then the other thing i liked on the broadcast was there's a bass cut on mm-hmm. there so if you just want to use it for gain, you can crank the shit out of it and then turn that and you know you kind of tighten up the low end so i mean i've got a, a board here just stacked with loads of drive pedals on it and i mean i've got I've got a two-in-one pedal on there by Eris Effects. One is a Tube Screamer and one is the TC Integrated Preamp. Oh, yeah. So, you know, had, <laughs> do you want to turn your Recto or your 5150 into like a gent machine? Yep. They're the two ways you do it. Mm-hmm. There's an SD1 on there. There's a Crowder Hotcake I like because it's sort of get a clean boost out of it or you can use it like a fuzz. Uh, there's the Anarchy Audio Workhorse, mm-hmm. which just makes things sound better which I like. So yep. yeah, I think I like the one thing I like is that it either gives you a lot of control and it's, it, you know, like when you use an EQ as a boost, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, or that it does something with, you know, it kind of messes up the guitar amp interaction yep. and, it, and it changes stuff. So, but in terms of like the fundamental drive sound, I've played some amp in a box pedals, which I think are really, really good. Uh, Revival drives great at that. The uh, there's a few Greek companies who make some really good amp in a box stuff, Crazy Tube Circuits and VS Audio, and that plane's really really close overhead. Everybody can hear that uh, VS Audio, and what was the other one in there? Sakalis Audio Works. They make a pedal called the Nerve, which might, sounds like a recto. But again, I still feel like with all of those things, the starting point of like whatever cleanish amp you're using imparts the majority of the character. Yeah, I'd, so, I'd yeah. agree with that. I mean, I'm, again, because I like Marshalls and Boogies, they're bringing ninety percent of what I like already. Yeah, I've sort of found I'd never get a sound out of a pedal that gives me the same satisfaction as what I get out of an amp. So it's always a little bit of a disappointment to try a, yeah. for, at least for me, just to, to do like an amp of the box pedal or something like that. Um, and even plugins, I sort of prefer to, to have an amp sim plugin or digital recreation of something. Of the thing. Um, because it just feels it feels more comfortable to what I I enjoy. So the- I do like if you're doing a gig where you're playing like the majority of the gig clean, mm-hmm. and you just want to have you know a nice smooth solo sound, then like a pedal in front of that clean amp can do that really well. Yeah, I think. Uh, but if the majority of your sound is this thing that we like, which is like, it's a, it's a big hairy character sound most of the time. Yeah. Or even if it's not, if it's like a Vox or a matchless thing, but it's got, you know, you think here it is, Troy, here's your sound, right? And it's a box and that's the clean sound. Mm-hmm. And like classic distorted guitar amps add this like extra stuff around it, this like fuzz, mm-hmm. right? And fizz and all that stuff. And that's important. Whereas with a pedal, you can't you can't put that in somehow. Like the amp is providing this yep. a really clean amp to me. Um, pushing the 
all the, whether it's like the amp preamp itself or the phase inverter or the power amp or getting it in a spot where it's driving the speaker in a particular way. And I'm not talking about like non-linear stuff like distortion, but just like where, you know, you get that point where you're starting to run out of headroom. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where the magic happens on a lot of distorted guitar amp sounds, even and even when people are like, oh, rectifies and SLOs are mostly preamp gain. That's the character. It's like, no, no, it's, you know, you get a Soldano and you put it on six and something happens mm -hmm. that you can't recreate with a pedal. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think what I was going to say is for me, because um, I, I like distortion, like distorted amps so much, uh, and I like to run amps pretty hot because it's always the most satisfying. The yeah. amount of distortion or character that a boost adds is semi-negligible because it's just a bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And not that there isn't a difference between them, but if it's like you line up three different boosts and whatever, um, there's it's rare that I'm like, oh, finally, finally, I've found it. After all these years, all I was missing was this, you know, whatever boutique thing is, is going on. I mean, they'll, they'll provide a bit of it, but it's like 5%, 10% of the tone. I like what you're saying, uh, like being able to run an amp a little... Um, like cleaner and, and hit the boost and lots of stuff. Yep. That's cool to me. Like on my, this is stupid to talk about, but on my HX stomp, I guess I kind of do that um, a little bit more for some of the tones I have to yep. have to get. And that's cool. I guess I get it in that, in that context. Um, I think what I really like, uh, am I dropping out or is that not? Oh, sorry. No, you sound great on this end, man. Okay. I thought I heard a couple little dropouts. Um, what I do like about certain boosts is just the, the compression which I never really understood that. Yes. Um, playing yeah. slightly cleaner using a cleaner, like cleaner uh, drive pedal or whatever, just to take some of the spike off. Because I've always found that with Fender amps and 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 boxes, just like that extra little bit of chime. Which some of it is tone related, like tone control related. Some of it's guitar tone control related. You know, it's a lot of places where you can sculpt a sound. But yeah, just having a pedal in there to maybe narrow the, the bandwidth of the, the sound, maybe just drop yes. down the spikes a little bit. I kind of appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of, of saying it is like anything you put in there is only going to take away. You can't add bandwidth mm. with with a pedal or something like that. It's always going to run into that those built-in limitations of the amp. But sometimes the amp has too much bandwidth or headroom. And yep. uh, the changing the feel is really important. I think that's another big thing for a lot of players is – you know, playing a Fender Deluxe with a Strat is a great sound, but, you know, you put a Tube Screamer in there with the drive really low and maybe the level up a little bit and, like, just to that point where it pushes the amp a little bit harder, but then you don't have to, like, work so hard on the guitar. Mm -hmm. um, or you can then, you know, back your volume control off a little bit and it's sort of like the pedal's off, you've got a very, very clean, clean, the pedal's on, you've got just a little bit of dirt. And when you wind your volume control up, then you've got your solo sound. That's like another cool way to work it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, it's like, depending on the style of music you play as well, like if you're playing in an indie band or something like that and you are using a lot of time-based effects and things like that and, you know, having a dedicated, being able to just have your pedal board and take a cable and plug it into a clean amp and then when you're like, oh, in the chorus, I want it to be louder and dirtier, I'm going to step on a drive pedal. And then for the rest of the gig, I don't really need that sound rather than, well, I need a two channel amp and I need to do four cable method and all this kind of stuff. It's well, yeah, you know, but some of these pedals, they're not convenient to set up. They're not convenient to change all these sounds. You know, it's, it's a, like, it's a workout. Um, it's a workout that I'm not prepared to do like any sort of I mean, workout. Anything more than three drive pedals is, you know, it's massive overkill. Yeah, I mean, it, if if that's what you need to get certain sounds, I guess that's it's up to you. It's it's how you decide to sculpt your tone. Um, I'm just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think like I think because singing as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just I, I just I can't think about both those things. You know, I've, I can either do like that's thinking about three things. Thinking about playing the guitar and singing is hard enough, but then like oh, I better chuck all these pedals on. Man, I find it hard enough to go from like a clean to a dirty sound on a on my AX8. It was like so dumb. Um, yeah, yeah. So getting back to it though, that Opus thing, it looks really cool. I'd really like to try one out. There's a few of those little pedals like between that, the IRX, even the TC, like the little TC amp in a box pedals. Uh, those look kind of interesting to me. That's more than a- UA did the Lion as well. They're kind yeah. of like finally the Marshall. So those those to me are different. Oh, can, am I still on? Hello? Yeah. 
I've lost audio. Anyway, hopefully it'll come back on. Um, oh, there we go. Um, yeah, those pedals to me are different than the other amped box where it's like, because I had one, right? The Wampler Plex Dorsion, I think it was. Yep. And that was a really cool pedal. And I, I like the sound of it and everything. But that versus like your full recreation of a circuit, yes. like digitally yeah, yeah. and whatever. Um, yeah, that, that to me is a bit more, well, yeah, that other style, while it's not terrible, it just doesn't give me the same sort of feel as like plugging in or like I don't enjoy the concept of it as much as I do like something that's going to uh, recreate the entire signal flow, I suppose. So Yeah, yeah. And like the UA stuff as well, you know, there's stereo in and stereo out. So mm-hmm. again, if you've got someone with a stereo board that you're recording and that's part of their sound and, you know, they they want that rather than have to set up two amps just to track something. Yep. You could just plug them straight into like the Vox or the Fender version or the Marshall version of that and be like, yep, there you go. There's there's a backline sound. Yep. Um, and, a, you know, you're not having to worry about like the gain staging thing with plugins or, again, setting up multiple amps or having to do it later if it's part of the sound and yep. part of the playing experience. Um, yeah, I'll we'll move on from this, but just I think quickly before the one thing about the Opus that it's just so stupid. I, I've never played one. I'm sure it's great. I just, the one thing I wish it had would maybe just be a bit of delay or something in there. Um, Man, okay, but- this is Tone X is the same. Where, what's the deal, bro? Why <laughs> don't you? Why didn't you put a, an effects loop in there or just put it in a delay? Yeah, you know, reverb's awesome. It's great having built-in reverb, but if I'm going to be using that box to record direct, I'll just use a reverb plugin. It's going to sound way better than whatever they can cram in there. But if I'm going to play live, I can live with that reverb. It'd be sick just to be able to go like, hey, button one, rhythm sound, button two, you know, boosted sound with a little bit of delay. Yep. Happy. That would that would get through the gig. But no, you've got to like turn the pre-delay up on the reverb or something and it's not the same. Yeah, the because so, um, the Tonex you know, one, can you run that as a USB interface as well? I believe so. If you can, I mean, that's that's a bummer to not be able to put your like bougie like delay or your Strymons or whatever your Maris delays or something in uh, and record it when you've got otherwise really great amps it's just yeah man, right. there's no if you if your guitar's going in the front and then it's on a USB cable into the computer that's a bit of a missed opportunity but um yeah it, it's it's the Tonex I don't think that's got a a loop in it as well but I don't think it's a USB interface it's not like you can run it anyway or maybe you right, can right. I, don't, I don't think you can but um but yeah, it's also funny. Like, it, I guess it it doesn't matter that much, but it's a um, I think it's only a mono output on that thing too. It's got a, uh, it's got a reverb in it, but it's only like a mono reverb, which is I guess it's fine. At the end of the day, it's fine. like yeah, for it's, the price point, you it's know. fine. I'm being. A, what more do you want out of life? There are a few other, uh, you know, I got a microcosm recently, which mm. I think you should definitely borrow at some point uh, as a studio thing because there's this like level of uncontrollability and randomness to it where I feel like you can just play stuff and then chop it up later for, you know, like we've done a lot in the studio with weird pedals where, okay, the song's done. Let's do a layer of just weird stuff. And, you know, it can be blended for effects, but the hologram, they put out something called the chroma console. I think that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it and I was like, okay, cool. Like a bunch of like hipster colors and probably lo-fi effects. But, uh, I watched the video and I was like, oh, that's really, really clever. Like the stuff that it does in terms of, so there's one thing on there, you know, like cool, cool things you can do when you twist a knob on a pedal and like crank the delay feedback up or something. It has a function which lets you learn those knob, like, well, it, the pedal will learn those knob assignments. So if you've got a thing where you're like, cool, I want to sweep a filter or I want to sweep delay feedback or something like that for effect, you can do that and then trigger it. That's cool. That's really cool. And again, stereo in and out, and it's MIDI, and there's some, yeah, it's it's something I'm. I looked at it, and it's like to get one in Australia is like seven hundred bucks, mm. which is a lot for kind of tiny mini effects pedal. But it seems to be rather than do what the Stomp does or what a bunch of other things where it's like, yeah, it's chorus and it's delay and reverb. It's more like you got a bunch of like character effects in there. Yeah. Is it um, USB at all for of editing this stuff, or is it all MIDI? I think that there's USB C on it. I know that, mate. Bring it up. You should look it up, and we can drag oh. it in. And, 
Mate, new technology. Well, you know, we got some we got some magic happening here with this. So that was Mate. cool. What's uh, it called? The other thing, Micro- hologram chroma. Oh, holog- hologram chroma. Okay. Yeah, and like they do they do cool stuff. Like the microcosm is a cool pedal. Cool. I thought it was just going to be kind of hipster garbage, but it's so fun to play. Hey, it can still be hipster garbage. Chroma- no, it can still be hipster garbage and sound great. Exactly. Is it the Chroma console? Yes, that's the one. I was probably calling it Chroma Key or Kodachrome or something. Chroma Key, isn't that a... Absolute. Oh, hang on. Am I... Oh, that's the one. I'm just I'm just closing a bunch of tabs so that they're not open when I share this screen. Not that I'm, I'm not looking at anything bad, just so everyone's aware, but you know, I just want to be... Uh, Make certain. I have, actually, how do we do this? Oh, I know how to do it. Yes. You just pull down all those websites where you've got the Eureka Stockade flag pinned. <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's work this out. Present. I feel like a seventy-five-year-old man trying to do this. Chroma console. Here we go. Share. Man, I feel like a seventy-five-year-old man when I get up in the morning. Is that uh, is that sharing? Here we go. Look Here we go. Ladies, Chroma console. There it is. Yeah. Look Chroma at this. Everyone that's listening on the podcast app. Oh. If you're listening, quickly go and look online. I got a bit of lip from some students the other day, Leon. So let's just um, let let me just get this out of the way. Shout out to uh, all of my TAFE students for listening to this thing. I don't know why they they do. Some of them don't play guitar, but if you want to waste a couple of hours with us, then be my guest. Um, I love all of you, and I'll see you on Monday. There you go. Um, Millhouse cut. Everyone Nelson, except cut. yeah, everyone except Jay. I want to make it very clear. I don't like Jay. Um, right, Jay, your dog. Let me see. No, it's not true. I like Jay. Jay's cool. But he always gets a shout out. And there's another one. So sorry, everybody else. Um, here we go. Chroma Console Flexible Multi Effects Pedal takes inspiration from the eccentricity, grit, uh, and lively instability of beloved vintage recording technology. I wanted to get to the end of a sentence, but it's all commas. So I'm just going to stop it there. Let's yeah. have a look at some product details 20 vibrant effects. Vibrant sounds good. Four rearrangeable effects modules, stereo in and output, designed for both instruments and line level, uh, line input levels, sophisticated input uh, level calibration, record movements with gesture, sustain and loop audio with capture uh, feature, bypass foot, switch customization, custom, uh, configurable filter effects, tilt, low pass or high pass, 80 user presets, MIDI, okay, here we go, MIDI in, out, through, clock synchronization, true bypass switching, buffered bypass with trails, tap tempo, which can sync time-based effects. Okay, so... So it's kind of ticking all the boxes, cool, right? Cool, but I'm I'm going to be picky about this if it doesn't have... So it's got USB, but it doesn't say what the USB does. I think if... Uh, yeah, it doesn't really say. It's, I think not look, having a USB editor for something that's this complicated is a shame. And not for the like effect side of it, but for the... If you're saying there's a bunch of stuff that can learn and trigger and whatnot, that would be way easier just by having a software added to it on it. But hey, I don't own this thing. Watch. I'll, I will say watch the video on it and the UX on it. It's great. Like okay. I've, I've, it's designed to be hands-on and it feels like you learn a few of the, like how to rearrange things from there and then you just kind of go and do it are rather the, than. Are these buttons here or they're just LEDs? These or things here. Uh, the little, that's a good question. The little guys. I think there's some buttons on there. It looks cool. Uh, yeah, it looks yeah, really cool. Yeah. yeah, it's what like I'd encourage people to go and watch the video. It's a very well done demo video. And yeah, they seem to just kind of do their thing. You know, it's not the typical we've sent it to the 20 YouTube channels that always put a video out when some new thing drops. Uh Leon, and, Todd. yeah, they just kind of do their thing. And yeah, it's it's I enjoyed some of the sounds in the video and watching how it works was pretty interesting. It's one of those things that's, you know. I feel like, well, like, okay, I bought a microcosm recently because I wanted to try it in a non-like, hey, I'm playing one of these teenage engineering OP1 things and making bleep bloop sounds and it makes the bleeps and the bloops even crazier. You know, like, can I just play some guitar into this and have a pretty good time? And it's a pretty good time on there. Like some of the effects, it's unique enough where I can justify it. It's not like, well, hey, it's a stereo delay pedal and, you know, hey, I've got an Axe FX, I'm going to use that anyway rather than the stereo delay pedal. So there's some cool stuff. Uh, speaking of stereo delays, uh, did you see the Source Audio Nemesis? Yeah. Which has been out for years, but they put out a new version with drive-through. and. Yeah, I was going to ask you about uh, that. I saw your video. I didn't watch your video. It's a really good it. delay, man. I've looked at those for a little bit. Those in the, I think it's the Collider that's the delay and reverb in one. I've thought yeah, about those. Yeah, the, the delay and reverb. I would say the Collider would 
if I was going to go and buy one, the Collider would probably be the way to go because you get the reverb side of it as well. Yeah. And uh, their reverbs are meant to be great as well. But yeah, there's some really cool, again, it's like very easy to use, but it's a bit more like what you were saying where then there is a software editor that gives you like much more stuff to do. Yeah. You can like kind of fully customize it and there's more presets on there and things like that. So yeah, the like the particularly the kind of analog style delays in it are really nice. Yeah. They've come a long way, man, Source Audio. Like Do you remember the old blocks pedals? Sure do. Yeah. The old what was the what's the the multi distortion thing? Multi band. Multi wave. Multi wave, yeah. Yeah, that was cool on bass actually for a little bit. But I remember you doing a, a lot of uh, having that set up for because it had you know I, I remember getting it. I think I paid like seventy bucks for yeah, it on that clear would, out or something. Yeah, that was uh, I don't remember where you got it from, but they were all going for basically nothing. Um, that, that was, was like a pedal for that much, and I I was like, yeah, there's some cool fuzz sounds in here, but the way you would use it for the octave style effects and yeah, it was it was awesome. That baseboard with just weird sounds on it. You know, yeah, you had the Digitech synthwire on there, yeah. and that was like, cool, man. Yeah, you just had like. A bunch of buttons which were just like were set to stun yeah that was um that was a different time man that was like 2013 <laughs> when i was actually playing bass every weekend um multiple times a weekend and uh yeah i went through a few pedals back then but that was the first one the multi-wave distortion i think i like well i gave it back to you and got the um what was it called the uh ehx synth one the is it the micro synth or the um the electro yeah, harmonics micro synth had that one the guitar version yep. of that that was really cool because it did more blah, blah sort of sounds yeah and then i got the that, digitech one after you know that. what that's exactly what it sounds like <laughs> yeah it was sick but i didn't know what all because i didn't know how to, i didn't know how synths worked back then so it would just be a case yeah. of like twisting the knobs and it was pretty cool um it's i sort of i sort of regret selling that one but i, I just wasn't using i've it. got a micro synth if you ever want to borrow it well that's good to know which one is it the same one and i had or the, the oh, yeah yeah right the um, it's, it's a pog size box, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the do, 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 yeah, the, the Digitech synth pedals were cool though, because remember I had the guitar one at first, um, yep. and then I got the bass one in Cashies like near your place. That's I'm pretty right. Certain. Yeah, so, and then I got oh, they, the, had the OC2 on there too, which you brought back from America in like 2013. I used that for a long time. That's right. Yeah, and I remember you using it. You're like, yeah, you want to play like a D below the low E on a bass. You just play the higher D and you turn the OC2 on for that note. I got I was so like, good at that, uh, man. That was one time with pedals I could do it. That makes so much sense. Man, when I was yeah doing gigs with you as well, it was like play um, uh, play four-string bass, singing lead vocals, but when I wanted the effect of a five-string, I was able to turn the, um, the, the OC2 on mid-bass line and sing to get yep. those notes. It was, um, I got really good at it, I thought. I'd, maybe if I... If there was a recording of it, it wouldn't be that, that good, but it felt really good. That was good. a high watermark of your stomping on things while singing and playing career. That's right. I got that bass serviced last week or got it set up and it's it's actually functional again. Um, after Fantastic. I, I've had that. It's a Fender USA Jazz that I've had since 2012. And I think I've yep. changed the strings three times and I've probably done about 700 <laughs> gigs on it. But yeah, the action was pretty high. It just needed to... I think when I gave it to Tim, he said the trust rod was just completely undone. Because I've oh, really? treated it like shit. It was pretty funny, but it's always worked. Uh, even I gigged with it a month ago before it was set up, and um, now it's it's fu back and functional again. Maybe I'll put new strings on it. Who knows? Maybe they can just wait. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've got a... I've, That's yeah, wild. I probably should go through a couple of these bases. I've still got Ryan's Kip Winger bass as well, which... Um, oh, yep. That one needs a jack replacement i think it's a bit cuts in and out a little bit but that's a good right guitar. right right anyway i think the last time he played that was when we opened for kip winger and yeah. he offered to give it to kip winger that's right it was like man i don't even have one of these anymore because my the one that i had got stolen yeah that's kip's missed opportunity he signed it though that's exactly cool. that's, yeah yeah lives a kip winger now. base signed by kip winger i mean that's peak there's that's like peak us isn't it yeah <laughs> it's, it's exactly peak us you know there's um there's very few people in Australia that would have been that excited about it, but you know, I yeah, would have yeah. bought that base in, if Ryan hadn't found it. You know, like if had I seen it first, I would have been on top of it. So, um, yeah, exactly. Moving on though, Uncle Leon. Um, the other thing I'm really interested to try out because we're talking about new gear, and then I want to hear about some of your some more of your stuff is um, that uh, Fab Filter Reverb plugin that just came out. 
Yeah, I watched the you know the obligatory Dan Worrell video on it, and it was it looked pretty awesome. Yeah, I've I've read some. Um, I've been on Gearspace a bit again, just checking the new products only. It's the only place I go to on that thing. Yep. Uh, and it's a bit of a like, oh, it doesn't even do this. Oh, it's like not that good. Oh, what a waste of it. You know, people just being people. Um, but I thought it sounded very good for the depth side of it in terms of trying to place a sound in a physical space, not just trying to add the yeah. like washy reverb effect to things. I thought it, it, at least in the demo, was very, very cool for that. So, um, and you know, with Fat Filter, it's always going to do the mid side stuff and, you know, the like the things that, oh, I just plug my reverb pedal in front of my distorted amp and it sounds bad crowd. It's, you yeah. know, uh, it's not, not for you, bro. It's, yeah, having those extra features in there and it's awesome. The, um, so awesome. Did you see the IR? Uh, and this stuff, the way it works is just great. Like yeah. you look at it and you go, oh, yeah. But I mean, like Pro Q3. If I have to do something to a guitar channel, it's just like the first place I go because, like, yeah, it does this. Oh, I want a bit of dynamics. Cool. I still use it normally. For that, yeah, like, normally you're done in about forty-five seconds. It's amazing. Yeah. Um. Did you see the IR thing in the reverb plugin? No. It does like a reverse engineer an IR. So if you got a, like an IR of, I don't know how it would work on guitars, but like a guitar IR, but like. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The way you just described it. I know the part of the video you're talking about, and I was like, "Oh, cool, reverb bias." Yeah, just skip ahead, whatever. Right. But yeah, that it's, makes more sense. So, so it creates an algorithmic reverb based on an IR of a space. Yeah, correct. So that's, yeah, that's cool. Amazing. I, in terms of how accurate or good, it sounded sounded cool in the video. I don't know. I'm not going to jump up and down about it because I haven't tried it. Why don't we'll, you drag it in for us, Troy, so we can see oh, the interface? This is the. Uh, while I do that, can you change the background again? Yeah, of course. Um, what do you feel like, mate? You feel like some blue waves? Look at this. Yeah, so, I mean, if it works the way I think it works now, that's incredible. Um, there's a bunch of new fractal reverbs as well, which and I just saw they put out another release candidate for the latest firmware. With They overhauled all the tremolo stuff. All right. Some amp-style trims. So I'm looking forward to trying that when, okay. we, when we finish up on here. Before uh, we... Here we um, before we do this thing, can I just ask you? Because you, I, I didn't watch the video. I'm just not. I'm just being a hater at the moment, Leon. I'm not giving you the clicks, but uh, not giving you the like and subscribes like everybody should be doing to this one. But exactly. um, I did notice you did a video saying uh, why I love the filter block. Is that right? No, not filter pitch block, block. Pitch block. Yeah. Has that changed since the the? Uh, have we talked about this? Like, the, uh, was that is that the uh, pitch block in terms of like making like detuning stuff so I can get a, a good OC2 sort of sound or is it different sort of stuff? Uh, less that and more like, you know, hey, you can get really cool uh, detunes and delays and ambient soul effects out of it right. and like pog soul sound. So, yep. yeah, there was no, actually no polyphonic guitar stuff happening in there. But, yeah, I should revisit that. Anyway, that was, I'm going to add this. Oh, yeah. the um, I'll say like when I plugged in your FM3, the one that's been here for a little bit, um whatever it is, the Twin Peaks guitar sound, where it's like, oh, a, yeah, yeah. it's a detune and, oh man, it sounds so good. I think it's a Twin it's, Peaks sort yeah. of thing. Um, it's pretty so, awesome. So what are we looking at? Pro R2. Pro R2, mate. Um, we have natural sound, music controls, that's all you need. Uh, one of the most used effects in the audio world, I don't need to read the blurb, is Dave Pensado chucking his name or something. He probably got it for free. Yeah. Oh, there was a story about, <laughs> I think there was a story that about him like just trying to get no, okay, it's a reverse. Like manly audio, I think they have a rule about like they just don't give they don't give endorsements, they don't give people free shit. Yep. And then they made a comment about like you know famous audio engineers asking for free stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Dave Pensado that was that they were referring to in this very public like we don't give away yeah, free stuff. <laughs> look, I've watched a lot of Pensado's plays and learned a lot of good things from it. But there was one where he was talking about a guitar amp plugin. Oh man, and he God. took a recorded like polished like it was a like a pop punk song or something yeah and someone had like recorded a marshall or a 5150 i think he was using s gear and then he put like s gear on top of that and started messing with it and just was like you know pensadoing his way through it and everyone was like dave <laughs> i think i remember that put one. It on the di bro that wasn't the one but um oh, just quickly so the prior full immersive dolby atmos is pretty cool like to have like nine one six in a reverb plugin. I'm not sure how many others are doing that, but um, 
I like the sound of that. Not that I'm doing Atmos stuff here, but um, yeah, that's. But you might want to one day. Maybe I'd just buy this river plug and I'd be good to go. So where's this? Um, let me just find the uh, do, 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 the IR thing. Sorry, I'm scrolling too quickly. Side character control. Spectrum analyzer, decay rate, thickness, depthless space. Oh, here we go. Introducing impulse response import. You can now import IR files, which will be analyzed by Pro R2 and converted to reverb settings, decay rate, and output EQ to match the sound of the IRs as well as possible. So that's kind of cool. That's cool. Um, If it's an impulse response, I wonder what would happen if you chucked a guitar IR in there. Surely it'd be. (laughs) Yeah. Like. Yeah. Would it just work as an IR loader? Who knows? Um, I mean, it's it's going to be, um, it's an interpretation. So this from the video that on the uh, the video that I watched of it, um, I'm just trying to find where's yeah. Here's the interface, right? It just looked like the blue graph here and the yellow graph were just like all weirdly pointy. So I guess that's how it sculpts it. It seems fairly broad, not like it's very you know. I think in the like Pro Q three, there's like maybe 24 bands that you can that'll yep. do stuff with. It didn't seem quite as broad as that. Um, maybe it right. can be, and it just wasn't demonstrated like that in the video. But um, yeah, I'm not, not too certain about that one. Um, so Very yeah, interesting. I, I'm really control that. Oh, and the other one actually that's worth just, I can't remember what it's called. Just bear with me for a sec. There was, I was going to mention it to you. I was going to mention it to you outside of um, this podcast, but I thought you might be interested. There was another reverb that I saw, and it is called, let me just, you talk for a second while I find this thing. Well, yeah, I mean the fractal new fractal reverbs they put they overhaul like the spring reverb algorithm in there, and man, I really, 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 really like the tube spring in there. It's sort of like ah, oh, yeah, this is an awesome algorithmic tube reverb now, and they overhaul the plates and the halls as well. So there's a bunch of new modes. There's like this mode in there called gold plate, which is like it's what you want on guitar. Yep, like you just put it on, you're like, yep, done. You know, next gold plate. Appear, like that word, that term appears a lot in reverb plugins, and I never really looked into what that refers to. Uh, it, I always figured it was just an EMT thing. Maybe, but like, was there a, like they're not gold was, though? Like the the plate itself or the unit, I don't believe is gold. So I don't know. Maybe it is gold. I thought I thought it was just like a wooden cabinet, but maybe I'm dumb. Oh, yeah, I don't think there's any uh, gold in there. Maybe it refers to like, you know, gold because it's on so many gold records. Maybe. Um, but yeah, that's funny with the um, the fractal stuff because like their reverbs already sounded pretty good. Like that um, London plate's a bit of a ripper. Yeah, I think I think the gold may may have even bumped it for me. It's, it's very, very nice. Very, very nice. I think what happened was uh, there was like he overhauled the spring reverbs. Mm-hmm. And using some, you know, physical physical modeling stuff. So it's like, oh, if you can model physical springs, you can do the same stuff for metal plates. So right, okay. yeah, there's a lot of gold plate, vintage gold plate reverb, like Relab. Uh, there's this. It's a bunch of other stuff. EMT two forty gold plate. Maybe. Oh yeah, what's going on here? What's this EMT? Because the 240 is a a digital reverb, hey? Yeah, 240 looks like a jukebox sort of thing. Uh, Or a pinball machine. Oh, not a pinball machine, but it's different. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a good description of it. Yep. It's that late 70s computer thing. Yeah, it's like Uh, late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, go on. Instead of a flat plate, the EMT240 uses a 12 square inch gold foil that brings a slightly brighter and shimmery sound. So that's where it comes from. So it's actually the EMT240, not the 140. Oh, so you know what? The 250, sorry, that's the one. That's the digital one. The 240, I don't know what that one is. The 240 is, yeah, Yeah. that's very, very interesting. There's a 250. I've seen gold foil plate mentioned a lot as well. Right, okay. Yeah, Um, there's a... There's an EMT250 around here somewhere, um, not really? in the studio, but like in Perth. It's it sort of was part of a a state. I think this is fair to say. There's like a um a, a you know, local sound guy that died many years ago, but a lot of his gears kind of got sold off. Um, but right. that one I think was quite expensive, and I believe it just sort of bounced around a bit instead of being sold to a specific buyer. Uh-huh, yeah, because I yeah. I mean last time I checked, they wanted like eight grand for it. Which it could do. Which um, hey, in I mean, there's one for sale on Reverb for twenty grand. Yep. So could do. That's a good deal, right? You know, um, we got to what we got to try, man. Is that um, what is it? That Quad Eight Reverb that's hanging around the studio, the System Five, yeah, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. Which yep. 
you can't find any information about this thing anywhere on the internet, just about. But it's a, it'd be there we early. Go. We should, yeah, go on. We should do a demo with it or do an entire episode on it, and I'm sure people would would weigh in with their with their thoughts. Have you remembered the thing you wanted to talk about? I as have. Well? It's um, it's a reverb that I thought you'd be interested in. You may may have read, seen it, the quantum room simulator. Have you heard about uh, this? Yeah, yeah, I have heard about this quite a bit. But you know what it's based um, on, right? Maybe you told me about it. I don't think so. I don't think we've discussed it, but um, yeah, again, because I'm I'm just checking gear space for the in the new products, but I'd like to try it. But it's the uh, the QRS, um, the old QRS reverb, which for for the reason this is interesting to us is I believe that's like one of Michael Wagner's like reverbs that he used back in the '80s on like the Dokken albums and whatnot. So you want that um, you George go. Lynch guitar solo sound, then that is probably the unit that you're going to look look at. Well, there you um, go. There's a uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a free um, free trial of it, so I might have to try that. That's yeah, good shot, man. The um, there's a version of it in the uh, what's the Slate plugin, the Reverb plugin, the virtual. Fuck, what's it called? I was gonna say it looks BCC. like that virtual interact no, thing, not doesn't BCC. it? What's that Reverb plugin called? I can't remember. Anyway, I've seen you use it before. Yeah, I've used that preset. I, I've used it on some stuff when I really. I don't know how accurate it was to the original, but it, it's cool. Like, it's a really cool sound. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, but this is a, a bit more of a detailed, in-depth plug-in version of it. So, uh, That's I, cool. I don't know what that actual reverb is worth. Like, that unit, I've never seen one for sale, but I also have not really looked, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I gigged the DGT SE, S-E-D-G-T, whatever way around you meant to say it. How was it? That was pretty cool. Uh, really good. I got locking tuners for it. I just oh, got yeah. the SE locking tuners and popped them on. And yeah, it was put a set of 10 to 52s. The D string slot on the nut just needs to be widened a little bit. Right. Uh, but otherwise, it's great. You know, ha- happily gig that guitar a bunch. Um, I mean, We've- I bought it on Tuesday as well, but didn't play it. And then the Rubato as well. Yeah, I was going to say that sounded cool. That was, uh, I got yeah, a yeah. play on that one. The six way switch on it's really, really unique. And the, I mean, the best thing about that, if people saw the vlog that I did, like we went up to Barrow Island for a couple of shows. We went overnight. We did a night gig and a morning gig up there for the shift workers. But it's a couple of shows, I, like yeah, I only took that. I haven't even changed the strings on it since they like they sent it with strings, um, and yeah, haven't changed them yet. I've done four or five gigs now, which is awesome. But yeah, I flew with a guitar and a soft case, and it was the best thing ever. Uh, just being nice. like. There's no headstock, you know, there's no separate headstock to break or there's no things like that. So, yeah, that, man, just having a guitar bag and, like, trudging around doing the mind sight thing, so much easier than carrying a case around. I bet. Because, you know, you've done it. You get to the thing and they're like, cool, you got to get your gear out. It's hot. Then you got to walk it all around to your room and just guitar bag on your back. Happy days. Yep. Mate, I love a soft case. I'm all about it. My favorite yeah. soft case... Well, it's, it's kind of not my favorite, but the Fender ones are really good. Like they're really yeah, well right. padded, but the problem, you would find this, mate, like you and me are too tall for that case because yeah, yeah. the straps sit too low on the body. So you can't walk uh-huh. through a doorway without it like, you know, bang into a door, which has happened every single time I've tried to enter a place or even walking up the stairs of the studio. It's like I like, almost trip down the stairs because my um gets caught on the yep. um, ceiling. So it's, it stinks. But. Yeah, I've got a bag. Uh, the Moore sent me one of their GTRS guitars, and the gig bag for it is awesome. It's like my favorite gig bag. It's really, really nicely padded, and it's like got just enough structure about it where mm. it's, uh, I guess, kind of more similar to like the mono cases or something yep. like that, where they're a bag, but they're also not just, you know, a bunch of fabric sewn together. So oh, that's, that's yeah. what this Fender one is too. Like they're all just trying to rip off the mono. I've never had a real mono one. Because they're too expensive, but oh wait, have yeah. I? No, I haven't. But they they look cool. I'm sure. Who had one? Did Gareth have one? Yeah, Gareth had one. Had probably still has one. Yep. Um, probably still has it exactly. Because that was a, to the G train friend of the yeah the G train. Um, but we're yeah, not that's, talking about Fraser Gary either. <laughs> those were the first cases that um, I think you could comfortably. F- well, uh, people talking about like oh, I can fly with this thing. It's a soft case, and I can fly with it, and it's not going to break the guitar. So yep. yeah. John's got one actually, uh, like a double one. Oh, like nice. John has got one, but it's like with two six-ring bases. It's pretty bloody heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two uh, incredibly heavy, thick. 
Space Cadets. I saw they're doing the last shows at Badlands as well. All oh, right. Yeah, I just uh, they're doing like a couple of nights or something. That's cool. Um, I kind of wouldn't mind actually going. Um, did you see the? I'd uh, like to shout out to friends of the of the two of us, the Chaos Divine Boys, for putting out their live at Badlands concert, which I mastered. Yeah, so. I thought that was really cool. I'm looking forward to listening to that. May open for Devin Townsend the other night as well. Yeah, did you go? You didn't awesome. go, did you? I didn't go. No, I had um um had a friend in town. Um, so we ended up going out for dinner, but. Uh, yeah, it would have been cool to see. Yeah, I went to bed, but it would have been cool. I thought about it. I armed an art quite a bit. And then uh, the R1, or the arm <laughs> one I don't know which one. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, I'm sure it was a good gig. I've, I, You know what I'm bummed about is I forgot Mike Keneally's in his band, and I would like to have seen that. Yeah, far out, but man. I not remember that watching that, the first G3 video, and like, yeah, that's I'm pretty right. sure Keneally's just like, backing up everyone dominating there's so many videos of mike Keneally just being the best person at music ever and um <laughs> yeah. him and um who's the other like like the fact that tony mccalpine can play keyboards the way he oh, does yeah. as well is unbelievable because you know what i was uh i was listening to sorry no you you got to punch in because i'm gonna divert from tony mccalpine mike Keneally. Uh, all i was gonna say is like back then and this is you and i specifically because uh in let's say early 2000s when you find out there's this thing called G3 and that must be the most incredible thing because it's Steve Vai and Joe Cetriani <laughs> and, uh, and I guess Eric Johnson, which was at the time like lame. Don't want to listen to Eric Johnson. Give me more shred. But because of the lack of access to all that music, that was all like the way that those guys play guitar. Not, there was nobody else in the world that could touch them. It was like nobody can play that fast. Nobody can play that clear. Yeah, no one is, is as good as that. And then it's just like- And no one ever will. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, here's Mike Keneally just doing his thing. Here's Tony McAlpine doing his thing. It's like they're just being sick. And I, I just, I had a moment where my brain melted where I was like, what? Like, I didn't realize other people could do this. Do you know You're the not first, allowed to do this, Mike Keneally. The first dream theater that I ever listened to years and years ago, it was like a ballad thing with no, not, oh no, it was might have been an acoustic thing. The, the, there was not any shred on it. So that's what I thought Dream Theater was. And I was like, oh, Dream Theater is lame. I'm not going to listen to that. And then you listened to some Dream Theater and your opinion didn't change? <laughs> then I listened oh. to... the um, You know, the first Dream Theater album I listened to was um, Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence. Yep. That's and, a hell of a way to start. Yeah, it was... And I was I got I got into it, but... Yeah, it's it was it took a while for, the, for them. And then I got into the other stuff. It was funny. After. I... Um, one of my students this morning, we do a lot of dream theater stuff. He's a real big fan. And um, we were learning something off the very first album they did when Dream and Day Unite. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't listened to it for a while. There's a song in there I really like called The Killing Hand. And I was like, oh, let's learn The Killing Hand because that's my favorite song on that particular album. They were like, yeah, I love that song. And I was listening to it and I was like, oh, I forgot how bad this record sounds. Like <laughs> just badly recorded, badly mixed, you know. The, is that James LeBrie like still, very, or is that before he No, joined? no, it was Charlie Dominici. So they had him for the first album, and it was like, yeah, it was just funny listening to that and being like, you can hear the embryonic form of what they're about <laughs> to do. Right. Uh, and then, like, they can't, and it sounds way more like, yeah, there's some Queen's right bits and there's some Fate's warning bits, but it's not really its own thing. There's some, right. you know, there's some, there's some Rush, there's some Metallica, there's some definitely some Kansas. Like I, when I hear Dream Theater, I'm like, you guys just people are like, yeah, Rush Metallica. It's like, no, no, they just sound like '80s Kansas when Steve Morse was playing with Kansas. Right. Anyway, it's amazing that they followed that album up with Images and Words, which is like still the best thing they've ever done. Yeah. Um, That's like very nothing good. else sounds like that album. It's amazing, and the playing on it's still mind blowing. But yeah, the first one I got was. Um, Scenes from a memory oh, because yeah. I had a $30 sanity voucher that my grandma sent me. Yep. And I went to sanity and I saw Dream Theater and I'd only read about them. And I was like, cool, I'll just $20, I can get a Dream Theater CD. And then I think with the remaining $10, I got like the the greatest works of J.S. Bach or something. Because <laughs> uh, Malmsteen said, listen to it. Yep. And I feel like I listened to about five minutes of Bach and was like, Been. true. And then put on <laughs> scenes from a memory and I was like, Oh my God, this is incredible. Uh, and I still really like that album. So, well, back in that uh, day, yeah, I mean, like, Portnoy is back in the band as well. I was going to say, I mean, he's, it's, we've, time is just a flat circle. Yeah. Yeah. He um, never should have left, but 
Mike Nagini was sick. I, I wonder if yeah, he'll I just mean, go back to his teaching gig. Maybe he's got the. I think he's got a solo album coming out, and oh, good for him. You know, he's a he's a very good drummer. Someone, oh the um people Slipknot drummer got fired as well. So it's a oh really yeah yeah well I think he got fired they parted company I don't know what that means but he's not in the band anymore that means fired doesn't it yeah um I think he was with him for ten years though which I didn't realize um jeez man I was gonna say too about Dream Theater because I think you're the one that told me this I'm not a massive Dream Theater fanboy so you have to uh, remind me but was it with um with James LeBrie like he joined the band he sang one way and then he got like awful food poisoning in Japan or something it ruined his voice he never sang the same again is that true yeah. Um, you know how like no one hates Metallica more than Metallica fans. <laughs> like no one hates James Labrie more than Dream Theater fans. It's it's like if you go online and watch any video of Dream Theater, there'll be like the comments are these like time stamped essays of like twenty point oh three. You can hear Labrie absolutely stink it up on this. Uh <laughs> Yeah, December 30, 94, while vacationing in Cuba, he was stricken with a severe case of food poisoning from contaminated pork. And while vomiting, he ruptured his vocal cords. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's like peak when they were... Um, peak, yeah, that's... Man, that's awful. Yeah. Um, was it you that was telling me about like, that? Or yeah. Maybe that was someone else that was telling me about that. Uh, I feel like I may have said that, yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously, kind of hasn't ever really been able to uh oh yeah here we go there's a thing on his that severe vocal injury 29 years ago i mean the amount of output <sighs> since then he's 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 been fine i mean and like the amount of good stuff they've put out as well like <laughs> you know and the amount of turds they've put out as well like <laughs> yeah, the, astonishing say, what's the, ratio? Is one of the worst the astonishing is one of the worst things i've ever heard and like when was that you know uh an album or two ago right i uh, like i couldn't do it what's the but one where um that, there's all the studio footage and like i feel like they're barbecuing and stuff and they're just hanging out at john patricia's house that time yeah yeah, yeah. well I, I listened to train of thought recently oh, i yeah. remember when that came out and that was like um i had a friend who was a um sorry there was a girl who was at my school whose older brother played drums and he was a massive dream theater nerd and he was telling me he's like man you got to hear train of thought like you know portnoy's like playing a bunch of songs just on like a you know he he swapped out like his mega kit and he's playing like a standard five piece rock kit. And um, at the time, I didn't. I was like, "Oh, it just sounds like Metallica." But mm. now I listen to it and it sounds sick. Uh, yeah, it's and I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of like recto on it as well. Mm. Um, and man, some of the songs just sound massive. And yeah, there's a few, uh, few very very good dream theater songs on that it's like yeah that's a good one and then i think after that was octavarium which is more yeah. like proggy pink floydy no, i listened to that not that long ago um well maybe two or three years ago because i think michael brow mixed that one and, yeah uh, right and yeah. you know they've always had like top-notch dudes doing their yeah. stuff like well i think the astonishing i really don't like uh there was another one they did which was i think systematic chaos i didn't love uh but then they had a self-titled album Again, which is a bit more like Train of Thought, where it's like way more guitar focused mm -hmm. uh, and had some really, really good songs on it. Well, like the the reason I listened to Octavarium, right? So I, I heard, I, I reckon this was when Michael Brow was selling all of his stuff because he went, he went yeah, like sold right. his entire studios worth of stuff and he's you know, bullshit amounts of gear. But he was got like, yeah, I mixed this Dream Theater album and they asked me to do it. And uh, I was sitting with the guitar player and, I, and Brow goes like, I have five guitar sounds. I can do it five different ways. And I went through all of them in about 20 minutes and uh, the guitar player hated all of them. So I was like, oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do. So apparently he left like and just, you know, Brow just sat there for hours just trying to like tweak some stuff up and make it work. And I guess Patricia came back in the morning and went like, oh yeah, that's good. Let's do that. That's funny. That's um, really, really funny. I love the um, acknowledgement of like, sorry, go. I was just going to say, like, the song Endless Sacrifice is the one I'm thinking of, which is, yeah, great. There's some very good riffs in that. Mm. I should, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll listen to some Dream Theater today when I'm driving around. As I Am is, like, the first track on there, it's one of those, like, you just put on As I Am and, like, you get the vibe of the album and it's like, yeah, this is pretty sick. Um, I reckon I've, I must yes. have, I know that song. I'm sure I've listened to that song. I It's been a long time since I've bothered. 2006, that's when I was, I didn't go through a phase, but I was determined to spend a bit of time listening to dream theater because i hadn't really done yeah. that um well, background changing like, everybody. i mean 
there's a bunch of Rush albums which absolutely stink as well. But, yeah. you know, they're still one of my favorite bands. And, like, the good albums are really, really great. There's some King's um, X that but, I know, really can't be bothered listening to, but hey. Exactly. Everyone has their hit and miss stuff. And uh, like you were saying on the last episode, it's like, well, that's obviously important that the people who are fans like it. But with a lot of these bands, you know, like their artistic vision and them doing what they want to do at a particular time is if they feel like they've achieved that, that's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. And then everything else is a bonus. So with that, Troy, what I want to do is I want to just ditch over and take this live. So we'll finish up this episode and say thank you very much to everybody for tuning in and let us know your suggestions for future episodes in the comments and uh, a little bonus. We're going to, we're going to pop on to the live stream and take some comments. So any, 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 anything else you want to say, mate? While uh, I, uh, yeah. Firstly, didn't know we we're about to go live, but that's cool. Love it. That's a surprise for me. There you go. I, I, can't, I can't wait, but we've only got about 30 minutes because daddy's got to go get a coffee. I shouldn't have said that. Well, that sounds gonna awful. Do, we're going to do, we're going to do 15 minutes live and we'll take a few <laughs> questions and drag them in. Can we just strike from the record that I just called myself daddy? That sounds terrible. No, that's mate. You know, you are tone daddy. Tone that daddy. even sounds worse, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, Troy, oh, never man. Tone dad. All right. See you later, everybody. We'll see you next week. Peace.